Welcome to Seekers and Scholars, a podcast from the Mary Baker Eddy Library in Boston and online at mbelibrary.org. The library's archives provide a rich resource into the life and contributions of its namesake, Mary Baker Eddy, and into the living history of the Christian science movement that she founded. Library programs explore the wide-ranging and ongoing impact of Eddie's life work and her writings. I'm Jonathan Eder, Programs Manager at the Library, and I'm delighted to be with Kim Chouette for this episode of Seekers and Scholars to discuss the subject of Christian science military ministry. Hello, Kim. Hello, Jonathan. It's so wonderful to be with you. I've had the opportunity to talk with you in the past about your work in this field, and um, it's just great to join with you again. Kim, I thought I'd just share a little bit about your history, just to get us going. You've been actively involved with chaplaincy in one respect or another uh, in the United States Armed Forces for for much of your life, uh, at least from my perspective. You were first an active duty chaplain in the United States Army from 1975 to 1983, and this included serving at Fort Hood in Texas and with an infantry battalion in Germany and your unit was tasked with providing security for nuclear weapons. And then, Kim, you picked up this this passion and this interest for this service in military ministry as a Christian scientist by becoming really a scholar of this particular topic. And you committed yourself to researching and writing about the history of Christian science military ministry. We're in the process of celebrating its uh, centennial. It's 100 years of Christian science military ministry. So, Kim, I'm, I'm so glad we're getting together as part of marking that important anniversary. Happy to be here. Well, it's great. So your work, this writing project, resulted in the publication in 2008 of Christian Science Military Ministry 1917 to 2004. And Kim, this has been a great resource for me. I've, I've read the book um, at least a couple of times. And for me, what I take away as being most impressive about it is, is one, the depth of research that went into it, but also the forthrightness of its voice, its, its honesty, and then as a record of the historical and spiritual experience of, of the people uh, who have dedicated themselves to this calling. So just thanks to you, Kim, for your work on that. It's wonderful as a resource. Mm-hmm. And um, you've continued, and this year uh, we have the result of another project of yours, which is the Wartime Diaries of Chaplain Richard H. Chase. So during our broadcast, Kim, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into both of these uh, works and, and what got you into this assignment to research and write about uh, the history of Christian science, military, and ministry. And when did you begin that undertaking? In, in a way, I began the, the undertaking um, when I started applying for the chaplain training program because I kept records through all those years. And oh, that's came great. Handy, yeah. handy late year, later. So it's essentially about 1968. <laughs> um, but more, uh, so I kept uh, newsletters and notes and correspondence and uh, they was actually were useful in writing the first book, Christian Science Military Ministry. But more uh, vigorously in 1996, I heard a report of a chaplain conference I wasn't in attendance myself, but I did get a report, and this this included chaplains from all over the the world, actually, uh, Christian Science chaplains, 
and they were having a, a, a session where they were giving testimonies about the benefit of Christian science to individuals and their units. Mm. And I heard uh, I heard some of those, and, and in that uh, recording, I heard someone say, somebody should be writing these down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I started thinking about that and agreed with that, of course, and I thought, well, maybe I could get somebody else to do this. Um, but the uh, mission fell to me. So in 1996 was when I started in earnest. Mm-hmm. And then uh thought it would take two years to write the story. It took 10 years as it worked out. That included over uh, 70 interviews. Kim, in your work and, and from your own experience, what would you say is the greatest contribution of Christian science and having Christian scientists in the field of military ministry? Well, the specialness of the military ministry in Christian science is the healing it brings to every situation. There have been many remarkable instances of healing and saving power of Christian science in this ministry, and I'd like to share one of my favorite examples. That's great. This is the experience of a serviceman, and it demonstrates the the ministry of the church to his family, to Mm -hmm. himself through regeneration and reformation, and to his unit in the likely saving of lives. Wow. So when the serviceman was in Okinawa during the Vietnam War, he was in a unit of Army Nike Hercules missiles. Their job was to defend the island against any attacks from the air. Mm-hmm. One weekend, he was feeling pretty under the weather because he'd been drinking too much. And this was a young man who grew up in a Christian science family but had left the faith and found himself in this situation where um, alcohol and a serious smoking problem was part of his life. Mm-hmm. And his mother sent a note through the Mother Church's military ministry system for someone to go and visit him. Mm-hmm. And on that note, she wrote in the bottom, he may not welcome your visit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, a nearby Christian Science chaplain went to call upon him and surprised the serviceman when uh, the orderly told him there was a chaplain waiting to see him. And he said, who, what? And, well, okay, kind mm-hmm. of response. Yeah. The chaplain said to him, among other things, the Mother Church has sent me to see you. And I've often heard in, from other chaplains words like this, or I bring you the love of the Mother Church. So they had an interview and a talk, and the serviceman told the chaplain about his smoking problem. And the chaplain no doubt shared a few ideas right there and indicated that he would pray for the serviceman. And the serviceman was healed within 48 hours of the smoking problem. Mm -hmm. It was so dramatic that it caused him to reconsider his Christian science. And he began to uh, study the Bible and the Christian science textbook again and found it to make more sense than it had before. And he said it started to help him be more confident. He was studying and sharing his ideas with his bunkmates in the barracks so much that they began to call him preacher. 
then there was a special incident where this uh, regeneration and reformation came into play. He was assigned to a um, the missile battalion, and one evening they had a call to set up their missile and begin a firing sequence in the missile, and this was very unusual, so he was quite alert to giving this careful attention. In those days, the aircraft had some verification signals that they sent out, but the system wasn't 100%, and this incoming aircraft didn't respond any queries, so it had become a target for the uh, missile system. The service man said, to our huge surprise, we got the order to raise the missile, and we had never gotten to that state before. Mm. So there was a lack of communication from one of the other missile sites, which normally would confirm such a target. The alarms were going off, and his buddies in his control room were saying to him, you've got to fire the missile, fire the missile. You have to fire this missile. This is what we do. And my friend had this intuition, and his prayer then was to reach out to God and say, Father, what do you want me to do? Well, this cap was already off the firing switch when this was happening, but he heard clearly from God, he told me, that God said, don't do it. And the serviceman closed the cap over the firing switch and told his buddies to uh, wait on him. He was going to drive over to the other control center and see what was going on because he hadn't heard the confirmation to fire from them. When he got over there, he found that the officer in charge had a serious breakdown and was laying on the control panel. So then there was a stand down because the things weren't as they should have been. The next morning, the colonel commander of the unit above this OIC, who had collapsed on the control board, called the serviceman in and said, you know, you didn't follow orders, you broke the rules, and that's a problem. But the commander then said, I'm glad you did. The missile was tracking a Boeing 707 troop carrier coming in from the States with GIs on board. Oh, wow. So the serviceman wrote to me one time and said, It was an incredible blessing to have had the chaplain find me and search me out. You can see how the military ministry of the Christian Science Church benefited the family, the serviceman through regeneration, and the unit through saving the lives of the GIs on that troop ship. And it blessed the nation through not uh, having an international situation come up as a result of this. So that's the uh, great example of the military ministry reaching right to the servicemen and blessing all those around. Well, that, that's a wonderful story. That, it's, it's so powerful. And it really speaks to that, that confidence that the humble listening and humble study of the scriptures and science and health and that Christian inspiration, what it can bring in a moment of crisis like that. That's just so terrific to that you have that story to, to relate. Kim, I just want to get into your most recent work as well, which I've been enjoying very much, uh, The Wartime Diaries of Chaplain Richard H. Chase. I was working three years ago on writing a biography of Richard Chase. He was the one who brought me into the chaplaincy, mm-hmm. and I knew him briefly at that time. So I wanted to write a biography and was working with that, including resources from the Mary Baker Eddy Library. 
And I had a manuscript written of some 300 pages, but late in the process of researching, I found that his sons had diaries in the basement in a box, (laughs) probably a dusty box. And that was one of those aha moments for a researcher. Yeah. Um, and finding, had no idea that it existed. And then I started working with the diaries and realized that they needed to be a work by themselves. Mm-hmm. Chase's unit and he were in the, the thick of the fighting for World War II from North Africa all the way to Central Europe. And... A couple of chaplains that he worked with fell out and he even had to cover their responsibilities for a while. Mm. So it's remarkable that he could go through that much experience and be useful in ministering to the to the troops and to the command. He was very well regarded. You can tell by the missions he was given. And he, he, he received a great deal of um, attention uh, in, in the media. Chase was known nationally in the press, and it was all based on his uh, truly uh, brave, courageous, and outstanding service. He was, wrote an article for Life magazine that was published in uh, October of 43, and he was uh, written up in... Uh, an advertisement Saturday Evening Post. When he got back from the war, he was on a TV show. Um, So he was a little bit of a celebrity. Wow. So what was maybe the the deepest purpose that you felt in addressing the life work of of Richard H. Chase as a chaplain um, and then subsequently as somebody who oversaw the chaplaincy program for the, the Christian Science Church? The a remarkable thing for me and for a number of other chaplains whom I interviewed in my work, was his uh, humility, his kindness, his being unimpressed with the glory of war, I guess. Mm. a phrase I hadn't thought to use before. But as the trainees knew him, he very seldom spoke of the war. So the, the more recent conclusion for me was that he had overcome the difficulties of war mentally mm. and that they didn't affect him very much anymore. And he didn't think that the the war stories were necessarily important, but what one did about them was important. At the end of the Vietnam War, he wrote an article called Annulling the After Effects of War. And in it, he tells about his coming home. He'd been safe through the war and he gave God credit for that safety. But when he got home, he had memories of war that were coming to him, and he approached those memories of war as a Christian scientist and was able to overcome them with some persistence. And I think that's what I saw and the other chaplains in training saw about him was that he had this uh, sense of uh, authority for us, a sense of humility, but one that we could trust for our guidance. Oh, that, that's wonderful that you had that opportunity to, to work with him, to get to know the man. And um, it's also notable to me just his journey through World War II. I mean, he's there in the front lines of some of the most storied and intense battles 
of that war. He's there at D-Day. He's there at the Battle of the Bulge. He's there at the Battle of Hurtgen Forest. Um, so when he's able to get to that point of annulling the after effects of war, he's seen it at its most intense. W- would you agree with that? Certainly. And w- what I liked about his sharing that uh, his experience at the end of the Vietnam War when veterans were coming home that he was willing to to have this available to help someone dealing with mental issues after the war. Yeah. Thanks so much, Kim. Just love your work and, and love that you were able to spend a little bit of time with us for this this podcast on the lives and lessons of Christian Science military chaplains. Well, happy to participate. Work in the Chase Diaries made me find how human he was. It made me feel better toward what I could accomplish myself. We invite you to learn more about Christian Science military chaplaincy by going to mbelibrary.org slash chaplains, where you can view the library's webcast titled 100 Years of Christian Science Military Ministry, A Call to Serve. It features Kim, and other speakers on the past, present, and future of Christian Science chaplains in the United States Armed Forces. Tune in to our next episode of Seekers and Scholars for a discussion on the significance of Thanksgiving in American culture. We will hear from Professor Christopher Evans of the Boston University School of Theology and Judy Hunnicke, Senior Research Archivist at the Mary Baker Eddy Library on how Thanksgiving emerged as a national holiday in the 19th century, on its importance to Mary Baker Eddy and in Christian science, and in what ways it has reflected and continues to express America's spiritual heritage and values. I'm Jonathan Eder, Programs Manager at the Mary Baker Eddy Library. Thank you for listening to Seekers and Scholars. This podcast is produced by the Mary Baker Eddy Library. Copyright 2017.